0: Well, it's the calm before the storm, according to Allianz Research and its trade credit insurance arm Euler. Hermes just releasing a report which in essence say that we are headed for, quote, an insolvency time bomb, unquote. Simon Littlewood, in essence, the report says that as a result of governments supporting economies through pump priming, uh, you know, taking over rent and, and salary charges and so on and so forth, that actually they're just kicking the can down the road. Very interesting research because by 2021, over a two-year time horizon compared to comparative 2019 figures, we're likely to globally see a 35% increase in the number of insolvencies. 35%, one-third more than we had in 2019. Uh, The US, according to the research, is going to be worst off with a 57% increase. Least worse off will be South Korea, just 6%. And looking through some of the other countries that um, we usually cover here on the Riabu podcast, Singapore, 39% higher. Hong Kong, 23% higher. Very interesting report, which you can also uh, download uh, from Hermes, and you can also attend uh, if you so wish the webcast, the webinar where they'll be discussing this on the 27th of August. But some of those interesting snippets that come from this report, Simon, before I finally let you speak, is that a lot of these insolvencies are going to hit us only in 2021 with the Asia-Pacific Index as a whole showing that we're going to have a 24% increase year-on-year in 2021 after a just 6% increase this year. In other words, the worst is yet to come. Well, I think there, I think there are a couple of factors
1: there. So, so in terms of understanding the timing, um, first of all, we looked at numbers way back in March and year on year, certainly here in Singapore, uh, insolvencies were already at a high and that was mainly as a result of the, of the uh, supply chain disruption from the US-China trade dispute, we think, uh, rather than from COVID, which hadn't yet hit there are government measures which are mitigating the effect of covid among those measures not just in singapore but elsewhere are measures which actually have limited the activities in the courts and in many countries courts are required to formally agree an insolvency you can go through all the business of registering it but a judge in singapore has to say okay yes you are you are insolvent so when when, when we say the worst is yet to come in 2021 is that because they've not yet admitted insolvency, or because lots of companies know they're insolvent, they're not actually going to be able to formally register it until later on. So we've got, you know, we've got sort of dead men walking, I think.
0: Yes, and Uh, these zombie companies that they talked about, and this report also points out, are the result of an unfortunate dilemma. On the one hand, governments can help businesses, as we've seen in so many cases. In fact, there is a report from the OECD published mid-July, Tackling coronavirus, contributing to a global effort, where the OECD notes the vast variety that countries all around the world have uh, implemented in order to stave off the the COVID uh, crisis. The 170 page report has a very handy table that shows which uh, Mm, actions different countries are Mm. taking. The dilemma, though, is that you're really just delaying the obvious for some of these zombie companies. In other words, They're never going to survive, no matter how much you pump-prime them in the short term. But the dilemma is that if you don't help them, well, clearly we're going to see a lot of unemployment in the short term.
1: Yes, I mean, a lot of government measures uh, recognise that the the, the knock-on effects of companies going insolvent is going to be generally catastrophic. For example, if all the companies that are genuinely struggling were not to have government help, and in Singapore that includes paying a percentage of your payroll every month, telling your landlord or your leaseholder that he cannot go after you for non-payment of rent for a certain period, that's now been extended. Um, if those measures were not in place and companies simply chose to go bust based on their real, realistic assessment of outlook, a lot of people would no longer have an income. A lot of people would no longer be able to pay their mortgages. And you would see very significant non-costs in every aspect of the economy. So, the, so, so the pump priming by the government is not just because it wants to keep business owners owning businesses, (laughs) it's because the effect, the knock-on effect of that, um, is going to be catastrophic. And the question that we've debated a few times uh, on these podcasts has been, wouldn't it be useful if you could differentiate between companies which are actually bankrupt in effect because they don't have any business or they don't have enough business, and ones that can survive? In other words, in other words, a realistic triage where you take it on the chin as early as possible, rather than spend public money on keeping a company going, which you know, um, and ones that actually do have a future. And I think, you know, as a business consultant, I have one other slight worry, because as you know, I've been wandering wandering around the world uh, via Zoom, giving a, a, a talks on how what businesses can do to pivot to survive under COVID. And one of the problems with any kind of government support, whether it's Domestic business or whatever is it can sometimes militate against the need to take very firm and determined action
0: because in other words you Avoid the inevitable.
1: Well, the inevitable might mean it might it might mean on the very negative side Going bust but it also might mean that there are actually thing hard decisions that you can take that would enable you to trim your costs Find other areas of business, and, and, and you've seen this, you know people who have pivoted their business, you know, because of stress. But rather than do that and put yourself through the pain of doing that, and it's very disagreeable if you built a company up, and, and I know this, and you know this, because we, we're both entrepreneurs in our own way. Um, it's very disagreeable to make that decision. Rather than take the decision to make the fundamental changes that enable you to survive, you just say, well, I'll go on taking the money until it, until it stops, right? Because one of the things I, I always say is, you know, um, doing nothing and hoping for the best is not a strategy at all. That's the, f- the first thing that I say. Mm. And because it's, a, it's human nature to do that, right? Um, and I'm wondering to what extent government policy is encouraging the attitude of do nothing and hope for the best.
0: Well, in Singapore, where just, uh, just recently the Deputy Prime Minister, Heng Sui Ket, announced an extension, uh, a scaled back version, but nonetheless more help, $8 billion worth of help uh, of the uh, job support scheme. Let me say that again. They've announced a scaled-back version of the job support scheme, but there's still $8 billion in it, I guess is a better way to put it. Um, Part of that is to encourage people to pivot. Part of that is to say, let's see how, sure, we can support current jobs, but also create new ones. uh, Retrain, for example, help companies shift down the digitalization route. Um, So rather than restoring them to pre-COVID times, to saying, let's spend that money on helping companies change and adapt. Yeah. Survive first, yeah. but also change and adapt.
1: Is it change and adapt? I'm gonna play devil's advocate here slightly, because when I read things like digitalization, uh, which is, has been strongly um, uh, pushed by the Singapore government, like other governments for quite a long time, that can alter your costs. That is not a pivot. A pivot, per se, is you know, uh, finding a new market, finding a new product through adjacencies, Changing the fundamental nature of what you sell in terms of goods or services, either for a limited period to weather the storm, or perhaps in the medium term as well, because we know companies, don't we, that have adopted new products uh, to cope with the downturn, where they've discovered that those are product lines that they will maintain. And I, you know, for example, I know a specialty chemicals company, uh, it's a guy you you know as well, uh, who has decided to make masks. Uh, Among other things and hand sanitizers and a whole bunch of other things, right? So 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 keep the factories operating make different products which they can sell through similar channels because they've got a distribution network Mm -hmm. Um, and What will happen is of course that some or all of those new businesses that they pivoted in will probably stay in place When things come back and their previous customers start operating their factories again and buying stuff Um, But I don't know I
0: think a good pivot
1: well, I think it's a good pivot, but the thing is, it's not. I don't think governments are very good at pivots. I think they're good at saying, save money, you know, we'll help you with this. Pivot, this is, these are complicated strategic decisions which, which say, based on our capabilities, what other stuff could we sell to different people in different markets right now uh, that would enable us to keep our head above water, and that requires a complex set of skills. First of all, knowledge and the ability to find knowledge and insight. And then secondly, the ability to turn that into a very rapid change in terms of the way that you create products and sell them. You know, and thirdly, the ability to execute that very quickly. Um, companies aren't very good at that, you know. Companies are.
0: Companies ought to be. You're saying governments aren't. What government. I'm saying is that companies aren't and governments are even worse.
1: Uh, <laughs> and so, and so it, you know, it, the, the shock therapy that companies need to do that um, uh, you know, it's not going to come from government, and it's certainly not—they're certainly not going to be encouraged to, to, to make those difficult decisions um, if, if they keep getting a fat cheque in their bank accounts every month, which in essence is what's happening in Singapore.
0: Yes, uh, that's
1: not to criticise government policy because I understand why they're doing it. Yeah, um, I understand they don't want the catastrophe of mass unemployment.
0: Yeah, and the, the flow-through of mortgages not being paid, but still. Um, you know, we, we've seen this so many times where uh, help money is tied to some sort of outcomes in a completely different context. For example, uh, you know, think of the, the money that's flowing to Beirut to rebuild after mm. the blast, where the, the various countries that have come together to say we'll help Lebanon have also said there has to be some change on the political front mm. in terms of corruption and so on. So having some strings attached may not be very uh, politically palatable if you're a government anywhere in the world. Looking to bail out companies or at least sustain companies through COVID. But that's probably what needs to happen if companies themselves don't take the necessary Uh, action.
1: You know, it's interesting because government measures in Singapore were due to end in October, which is not that far away. Um, We heard a minister um, talk, what, two weeks ago on the fact that those measures were now going to be rolled forward till March. Um, and I wonder, you know, because we've surmised before that, you know, when, when is a good time, given what we now know about the potential level of bankruptcies that's kind of waiting, you know, the potential energy of all these negative energy of all these bankrupts, when will be a good time to stop these measures? And, you know, and, and if I were playing, to, uh, you know, I could make a further observation, which is if you look at pretty well every country in the world, where a, where a social support program of some kind has been agreed, whatever it is, income subsidy or food stamps or whatever it happens to be, every time that legislation is passed someone always because of queries raised by political opponents there's always something attached to it that says this will be reviewed and when everything's all right, we'll take it away. But history shows that it never does get taken away. You know an entitlement is an entitlement and I'm not saying that Singapore will be like that I'm just saying it's going to be very hard to take that decision Mm. to allow all those companies to go bust given all the flow through so I, I, I tend towards the further conclusion that the, some level of support will continue well beyond March next year. They're just not sure how much. Because as long as they assess the political price and having lots of property come on the market and the concomitant collapse in property prices, which is very likely if that many people get thrown out of work, is not a political price that the government here is going to want to accept, given how fundamental the home thing is to, to, to their
0: sort of offer, right? You know the three Cs, whatever. Um, I thought it was six. But your point is, is I suppose, that that um, these these measures are going to be with us for some time to come. And and so as we then kind of come full circle back to the Allianz and Eula Hermes report about, you know, the the big rise in insolvencies. Um, beyond what you've already said in previous podcasts, what should you do? Should you then grab the cudgel, the bull by the horns, as it were, and say, we aren't going to wait for whether government pays us or not. We are going to make some changes.
1: Well, I think to me, the first question is, is the triage question, You know, the, the, the sad question when you have multiple casualties being bring brought in to you know, your hospital tent in wartime. Which ones are going to die and which ones are going to survive? And you make hard and fast decisions on the ones that are going to die anyway. You say, I'm terribly sorry, but we're going we're to let them die. And the reason for that is not that you want them to die, it's because you've got limited resources and you want to focus it on the ones that are going to survive. That's the bit that's missing. From, from government policy. And you could argue that that's a political decision, but I think that's unhelpful at the end of the day, because sooner or later, uh, that's got to happen, you know?
0: But for our listeners who are entrepreneurs and who are running SMEs, uh, after all, this isn't a political podcast, but, a, but mm. one focusing on SMEs, um, should you, you know, kind of slap yourself in the face and say, wake up from the, the gravy train, uh, wake up from the fact that the government is giving me money, I still need to make these changes. Yes, uh, that's
1: absolutely my view, but, the, but government policy it creates a problem because if you don't keep your staff, you don't get that subsidy. So, so the government, po- government subsidy says, well, we'll put this amount into your bank account every other month or whatever it is, but you've got to keep these people on. So, so if, I, if I were going through a proper review, the review that I advocate, it's first of all, what can I do to cut my operating costs by whatever means possible to a level consistent with survival. And that, at the same time, requires an assessment of what my revenue expectations are, both based on our existing customers and, more importantly possibly, things I can do to pivot uh, in terms of using existing channels to sell other products, uh, innovatively you know, uh, finding other markets, which we've talked about quite a bit.
0: Okay, um, but, but the point still is that if you're an entrepreneur, you should Look at look at the the money that's coming in from any government scheme anywhere in the world, and say, <clears throat> I'm going to I'm going to put that aside, despite the fact that by letting people go, I'm going to have um, fewer subsidies coming my way. At least I'm advancing my business. Is that the mindset? Well, unless that you, you can
1: repurpose those people, um, yes. But survival, to me, it, look, if you're unaffected and your revenue continues as before, and there are some businesses fortunate enough to be in that position, there aren't many um fine if you're not and you're seeing a a significant impact on your revenue you've got you've got a few choices uh you can wait it out which is probably a dangerous choice given that that timeline seems to be getting longer and longer or you can make firm decisions um which i would call a pivot a pivot is an is an outward looking thing where you find a new way to new things to sell and new people to sell them to that's really important i'm not sure how actively people are looking for that and at the same time you can cut your level of operating costs by whatever means possible, uh, which could mean losing people, sadly, could mean you know reducing the size of your premises, it could mean cutting all kinds of discretionary spend, you know, um, so that whatever happens based on your most pessimistic assessment of the money that you can bring in, uh, you can weather the storm, yeah?
0: Um, on that note, Um, Calm Before the Storm, COVID-19 and the Business Insolvency Time Bomb is the title of the report released by Eula Hermes, the trade credit insurance arm of Allianz Insurance. It's a decent read and it's only 13 pages, so you'd have no excuse. But it it really perhaps should, could, would spur you on into thinking about how you can restructure your business, pivot to new business opportunities uh, without waiting for the the government financing. I
1: guess you know, you can have your cake and eat it, can't you? Because to some extent you can think about the new business opportunities and work on them while still taking the money, which would probably be a prudent course of action, unless the one is preventing you from doing the other, right?
0: Indeed it is. August twenty seventh is the date of the webinar, if you'd like to sign up. Um, uh, go to the the link that is in the description of this podcast where you'll also find links to download the Euler Hermes report for yourself as well as that OECD report that uh, we talked about earlier on. Maybe you have a good story to tell yourself. Service at riabu.com. How has your business pivoted? How have you used the time, perhaps the check that Donald Trump has personally signed for you or any other government uh, subsidy that you've received anywhere in the world? And how have you used that to build your business rather than just restore to pre COVID times. Drop us a line, service at riabu.com, and we'd love to hear from you and maybe even have you on the show. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Mark.